Father, we thank you and give you praise for how you hear and you answer our prayers. God, you're faithful. God, I thank you that you're faithful when we're not. Lord, your love is not conditional. It's not based on our performance, our ability, uh, our capacity. (laughs) Uh, God, we're so grateful that you have only ever been good to us. And even the times when you have told us no and the times when uh, you said that you weren't going to deliver from the trial. Instead, you're just gonna be with us in it. Lord, you took all of that and you did what you promised and you worked it together for our good and you are growing us and maturing us. And, and Lord, it's, it's good. You do all things well. And so God, as best we know, these two weeks, we're lifting up praise and worship to you. We're giving you glory. We're telling you thank you. And, and Lord, uh, we know uh, it's inferior, it's, it's incomplete. Uh, it's, not, it's, it's not all or everything. It's not, it doesn't exist as the fullness of expression that's due you. And uh, Lord, we recognize that, but Lord, we also acknowledge that you accept according to that we have and not according to that we have not. And, and God, we're just grateful Thank you for being so, so good. You do deserve all the honor and glory and praise. Lord, would you continue to build the work? Would you continue to grow and mature us? God, would you continue to call us and enlighten us? Show us how to be a people of praise and worship. Instruct us on how to give you glory. And uh, Lord, we pray that you do that in your mercy. (laughs) Uh, we're, We're... You know, none of us want to have to go through a hard time to do that. And yet, Lord, uh, you know best. And so, Lord, we acknowledge you in this. Direct our paths for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, you know, we've tried to take off and shut down as much as we possibly can, okay, over these last two weeks. We've tried to, you know, your Bible study, just come and sit together, praise together. Your disciple, just come, sit together, give, give, give worship to the Lord together. We wanted to slow down our pace and just remember who God is, what he's done, and, and give him glory. How's that gone so far? Has that been a good thing to maybe slow down a little bit for a couple weeks? Who has hated it? Nobody wants to be that person. I want to be a nervous wreck all the time trying to make, make commitments that I could never possibly keep and I love it whenever I can't keep up and I'm, and I'm going 90 miles an hour. Okay, so let's take care of a little business up front here. Um, we're, one of our ministry principles is that we're always growing, developing, training leaders. Okay, that's what we, that's what we want to do. When uh, MBT first started, we had one pastor I was the pastor, I was the church planter here at, at, at uh, MBT. And it was that way for a few years. I was, I, was the, I was the pastor of the church. And as time went along, um, it became obvious that Pastor Best, that Chris was developing as a pastor. He was actually pastoring and and doing a really good job, and, and it came time to acknowledge what God was doing, and it was obvious God was calling to the office of the pastorate, and so he and I talked about it, and then we talked about it, and, 
And then we installed Pastor Best. And then we had two pastors. And it was that way for a long time. And then we had three and then four. And, and now I have to just like count, okay? I think, um, what did we have at the pastor's retreat? There were 12 of us running around um, with the guys that we've sent out. And, and what's really super cool is now we're in a very short matter of time. Before you know it, what's gonna be happening is, is we're gonna be seeing pastors that, that, that pastors here, right? Pastors who are ordained here uh, they're going to be ordaining the leaders that they've been training, that have been growing in their local churches, and, and you're going to be meeting people you know, but, but you're going to be calling them pastor uh, in other places. It's, it's, it's really cool to watch how, how the, the, the ministry multiplies, and with that, you've got a multiplying group of leaders, and so we praise the Lord for all of that. Here's what happens, okay. Um, when, I'll just give another testimony of, of how God worked. Um, it was really foundational to the, just the start of this church. I was trusting the Lord. I'd heard a call from God to make disciples in Midtown. That was the way it was framed in my heart, my mind, and, and what I thought I was hearing in the, the missions conference that I was attending at KCBT at the time. And, and so I'd surrendered to that uh, twice over two years and had just left it up to the Lord and when the pastoral staff, including my senior pastor, said, yeah, we wanna send you and a team to work to make disciples in Midtown, uh, we went into motion, and one of the things that we did was we, we, um, we decided we wanted to figure out what the hooks were to make contact, to build relationships with the community, and so I had a group of about 20 people that um, we met, maybe it was 17, I can't, it was really, really close to 20, and we met in my basement, and we said, what are we gonna do to make contact with Midtown? And how, how can we serve, how can we invest in Midtown in a way that will build relationships and open doors for the gospel, and uh, we wanna reach people in Midtown. And, and so, we uh, came up with a lot of really good ideas. We'd go door to door and collect food for the homeless shelter and then use that as a mechanism to, to build. Or we'd find out if people had uh, food needs and then we'd partner with Harvest and, and get food to them, that kind of thing. Um, you know, we'd find out where the widows were, maybe help them with their, with their property or something. So we had ideas like that, doing, you know, representing Jesus well kind of stuff. And then trust that that investment would build relationships for us to pray with people, to preach the gospel, and, 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 and be a witness. And so we had, a, we had a list of about eight to 10 initiatives, and I said, okay, so we've got a lot of great ideas here. Let's not be presumptive, let's, let's pray. We'll take two, two weeks to fast and pray, and then we'll see what God says. And then we'll, we'll come back together, we'll distill that, and then we'll, we'll have our initiatives in Midtown, and we're gonna work them. We're gonna work that plan really hard, and we're just gonna trust that God's gonna be in it, and he's gonna, he's gonna work. So we were, we were meeting here. Um, we were meeting here on Sunday nights. We were in the process of going to to, to Sunday mornings. When we had that meeting, um, we were going to do a, a Sunday morning outreach service. We were going to do a Tuesday night prayer meeting. We're just all in on making disciples in Midtown. And and. Uh, 
man, that two weeks of prayer and fasting, I didn't have peace about anything on that list. And I didn't know why, you know? And I'm like, well, oh, I, I know, we're gonna meet again, and the team is gonna, they'll have heard from the Lord. And I just have to have faith that the team's heard from the Lord. So it's 30 minutes before the, the follow-up meeting at the end of the two weeks, and the executive pastor at our church called me up and he said, Sammy, I'm just calling you to tell you. I, now, he didn't know about our list. I didn't think it was important enough to bring up to him. You know, he knew we were gonna be looking to do outreach in the, in the community. He said, I'm, I'm calling to tell you that um, uh, the executive team has decided we're, we're not starting any new ministry initiatives. And so I'm like, well, wait, hold on, you need to know something. And so I explained to him what I just explained to you. I'm like, you know, if we're gonna have a Sunday morning, if we're, if we're taking our Bible study and we're actually turning it into a service for outreach, that'll be a colossal waste of time because we don't have, here's the deal. I have met, I've been in this, I've been in this city for a long time now. I have ministered all over the calendar week, okay? I've done services everywhere. The only place I've ever gotten traction is to have something on Sunday morning to anchor people. If I wanna make disciples, it's the Midwest. You have to meet on Sunday morning. I'd already come to that conclusion 15 years ago because uh, we're, we're doing this Sunday night service and we're working over at KCBT on Sunday morning. We're cleaning up there and then we come here. We have to clean up the building. Uh, we do the outreach. We do the Bible study for one visitor, um, two visitors, no visitors. Like my point to the pastoral team at KCBT is, is I'm wearing these people out. This is not working. And so the solution was, let's try Sunday morning. Let's try the Tuesday night prayer meeting. Um, let's, let's make sure that God's shutting it down before we quit. So, so uh, we're, get, we're starting, we, we, we just had our first Sunday morning, you know. We're not going, we're gonna get the same thing on, if we don't make contact with people to get them into the service, uh, how are we gonna anchor them for a discipleship ministry? That was my position and my point. And, and uh, so he's like, Sammy, I don't know what to tell you. We're not starting any new, we're not putting any new mission activities on the calendar. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. We're supposed to be ministering every day at the calendar. <laughs> like what in the world? He says, well, you know, we're shifting from our May missions conference to a September conference and the pastoral team doesn't want anything to distract from that. And I'm like, bro, you're killing me. This isn't gonna, like, you're, if we do this, we're setting, we were calling it um, uh, KCBT Midtown at the time, right? You're, you're setting the Midtown outreach up to fail. It's, it's, it, it'll, it'll end us. He's like, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Love you, bro. <laughs> that was the end of the conversation. So right there in my bedroom, I mean, I've already got now the leaders showing up to meet in my basement. And... Uh, I'm on my knees at my bed, crying out to God. I'm like, God, I, like we're going through all of this. I, I'm, everybody's full of faith, and we're just wasting their time. You know, well, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna hold a Sunday morning service and not do anything that's gonna effectively invite people in. And, and uh, you know, we were already doing set, uh, Saturday outreaches. We were already doing Hit the Streets at that time. 
uh, super effective. Um, I had babies in strollers. Talk about a door opener. Uh, those babies in strollers were, that was gold. We had a ton of great conversations uh, using the babies for, for, for Jesus' glory. Okay, so anyway, I, 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 Lord, you have to give me wisdom. You have to give me insight. I, how am I going to go down and tell these guys that we're not going to do anything, that we're just going to attend a service that nobody's coming to? <laughs> like, like, how do I explain to these guys that we're going to endeavor in an exercise of futility and I just got no insight, no direction. Uh, I'm crying out to the Lord for about 20 minutes. The meeting's late. And finally, I just give up. And I'm like, well, Lord, fine. I'll just go face the music. Because what I'm thinking I'm going to have is I'm going to tell them this, and I'm going to have a mutiny on my hands is what's going to happen. It's gonna, there's going to be yelling in my basement is what I'm convinced of. And, uh, and so I go, I'm, you know, I'm trying to dry my eyes and get it together. <laughs> And on my way down the stairs, this is one of those memories um, that I'll carry for the rest of my life. On the way downstairs to face the music, I knew in my knower what the Holy Spirit was saying in that moment. And he said, am I enough? And I'm like, did I just come up with that? God, was that, you, you know, like, are you, are you bringing something to my remembrance? Immediately, Acts chapter two, that last passage in Acts chapter two that explains what the original, what the early church was doing was in my mind and I immediately realized we were already doing everything that was in that list. We already had it and in my knower, I, I didn't hear an audible voice, I just knew in my knower what God was saying. I don't know how. Guys, I don't even know how to explain it any more than that. I knew in my knower what God was saying, am I enough? Do you trust me? I was like, how old are you anyway? Do you trust, am I enough? And I'm just weeping on the stairs now, like God, you're gonna do it. You're gonna do it. So I'm, I have a short season of prayer and craziness, and I, so I get cleaned up again. I finish coming down the stairs. All right, guys, let's meet. Okay, we pr prayed and fasted for two weeks. We don't even need to talk about it. We're not gonna do anything. In other words, the executive pastor was right. Like God was using that. Don't come up with a bunch of different schemes of ministry activity because you're already going out on Saturdays to invite people to the service, right? We already had small group Bible study. We're, we had a preaching schedule already lined up. So we're house to house, right? We're coming together for corporate prayer. Uh, as a matter of fact, we already had the baptism scheduled at that point. Once a month, we were going to do baptisms and have a potluck. So downstairs used to be wide open like this room. Downstairs was wide open like that. It had this really gnarly, awesome carpet from the 1930s. I don't know. Uh, and we would set up tables down there, and we'd have a potluck to celebrate, you know. And so, like, I just went through the, you know, we're singing, we're giving, pray, like, the fellowships there. Like, literally, everything that the church started doing in Acts chapter 2, we already had that on the calendar. So starting these other weekly initiatives, God's saying, don't do that. Be still, just check me out, okay? And so it, it took a while to get that across to the team. We're not going to do anything new. We're just going to thank God for what he's going to do. We're already doing what we're supposed to do. And so we prayed, we gave that to the Lord, we praised, and then I don't know how else to say it. Um, 
that Sunday service was the greatest service I've ever been a part of. There were just, I don't know, there was 40 some. I think we had, with all the kids we had, there was 60 in the building. But God was there. Like, God was in this, it was wonderful. And I'm like, Lord, I still, you know, I don't know how you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it. Okay, then the next week we had service, God showed up, he was in the midst, but he brought some visitors. And uh, man, they were connecting with what we were doing. It was obvious that God was working in the heart. And then the next Sunday, God came back to service again, and this time he had like eight or 10 visitors. And then, and then he came back again the next Sunday, and there was like 20 or 30 visitors. And uh, before you knew it, man, we're all just scrambling to keep up with all the disciples. And, and then before you know it, uh, the executive pastor calls me back and said, we're trying to build a building. <laughs> And uh, this thing at Midtown is turning into its own animal. Would you pray about it being its own local church? And I said again, okay, give me two weeks to, to seek the Lord. Uh, after one week, I knew I was being a, an idiot, so I called him up. I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> and, uh, and that's how we got started. Since that time, we, we started out very simply, very directly and everybody's full of faith, right? We're gonna do what the Bible says and we're gonna get Bible results, not because we're even the fact that we're faithful. Now that's critical, that has to happen, but because God is faithful, right? He's magnified his word above all his name. And we were calling on him on Tuesday nights for what the promise of his word was. We wanna see the reality of it in our ministry. And it was incredible, I remember uh, that first year we're, we're a local church, and again, I'm like, man, Lord, <laughs> except you build the house, we labor in vain. And so I called the church to 40 days of prayer and fasting, and, um, and uh, you know, gave liberty, you, you know, follow a, 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 a schedule of prayer and fasting that you and the Lord have peace about, and for me, I wanted to do a graduated fast, and so I went on to juices, and then for two weeks I was on water and then back onto juices and then at the end of the 40 days I was ready for food. And I, uh, man, lost a lot of weight. I was looking good. <laughs> and uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I've been a nail biter my entire life. Uh, here's another interesting thing, for whatever this is worth, um, I've, I've tried to stop biting my nails more times than I can count. Um, I remember being a young child, my dad would catch me biting, he'd just gross him out, you know, here I'm chewing on my nails, and he'd like, am I gonna have to put cow poop on your hands to keep you from biting those nails? That's disgusting, what are you doing? And I'd be like, Pa, don't do it, I'll stop. <laughs> and, uh, and I would do it for a while, I could, I could force myself to quit biting my nails, but then the minute I got distracted, or watching a TV show, if there's some drama, <laughs> you know, I'd just go to town on them. That's a, it, it was a terrible habit, but it was me, man. That's who I was. And so um, about week three into 40 days of prayer and fasting, I, like, I was bleeding. I'm like, what in the world? I'd cut myself with my claws. I'm like, holy smokes, I got fingernails. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm like, how do I cut them? What do I do? Like, I, you know, I had to Google it, you know. Like, <laughs> so I cut my fingernails, and I'm like, well, that's amazing. So now I'm back to eating the compulsion was gone. Like I wasn't, so you know, man, um, side benefit. Can I tell you 
during that 40 days of prayer and fasting, our attendance grew by 40 people. It was almost like the Lord added to this church daily such as should be saved. It was incredible. Okay, so how do you explain all of that? It was just God working. So that's, brothers and sisters, we can never lose that except God build the house. Whatever we do, we're wasting our time. It's vanity. Now if God's building the house, guess what? Whatever we do, it's gonna fall out to fruit. See how that works? So now when you're multiplying leaders, which we're doing that in mass now, okay, leaders are multiplying. I can't count how many ministry initiatives there are. There's so many things that we're doing. This church is kind of, this church is ministering. It's like, uh, it's quickly turning into the, uh, um, uh, the, the British Empire, what they say, the sun never sets <laughs> on the British Empire. I'm telling you, the sun will never set on the fruit from this local church. That's what's happening. And so the ministry's multiplying and the activities are multiplying. So a leader comes into maturity, what are they doing? Well, they're mobilizing people because they're developing leaders, right? Uh, they're, they're helping the workers be fruitful. And so the, now there's more ministry activity and this thing just keeps multiplying. There's more initiatives. And then pretty soon, here's what happens, is I've got pastors whining to me all the time about how busy they are and they can't keep up and blah, 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 blah. And it's all good stuff, right? Whining was, a strong, whining was a strong word, wasn't it? That was a strong word. I, I got pastors who in their secret heart wants me to pity them for how hard they're working. That was even worse, wasn't it? I got pastors who are just being big babies now. No, I just, it's, we're, this is heading the wrong direction. Okay, so. <laughs> uh, man, I love these guys. Uh, I, I'm happy to call any one of them my pastor. Uh, these, are, these are all, like what God has assembled here at MBT, these, are, these, these guys are unique, okay? They love each other, they're for one another. They have disagreements, right? Uh, some, stuff, some stuff is worth arguing about, right? You wanna be heard and it's gotta get communicated and you gotta work through disagreements. And they're all willing to do that as brothers, right? Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. I'm grateful for these mighty men of God. But, but if I don't make a call here, we could end up out of balance, okay? It's critical. There's a principle in scripture called the Sabbath. There's a thing called the Sabbath. There's the law of the Sabbath, but it's also a principle, okay? Um, you see it first in Genesis chapters one and two. What do you have in the creation account? You've got six days of labor followed by the seventh day of, what did God do on the seventh day? He rested from all of his work, didn't he? And that's the call to his people, is to enter into his rest. Now, in Christ, that's what God does with his people. He brings us into his rest. But tactically, practically, uh, you need a day off. Uh, everybody needs a day off. You know, in Romans chapter six and verse 14 and 15, the Bible very clearly tells us we're not under the law. So keeping the Sabbath, okay, <laughs> that's not a command to the bride of Christ to keep Saturdays uh, where you do no work. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in Mark chapter two and verse 27 that the Sabbath was made for man. Man wasn't made for the Sabbath. You don't exist 
to keep that day separate. However, the principle does stand. You need a day of rest. As a matter of fact, uh, Christian scientists have actually done studies on things other than people. Like they found that equipment, heavy used equipment, lasts longer if it has one day where it's not used. You'll get more hours out of that equipment. How in the world? You just think you just run it till it quits. Uh, but but you know, there have been studies that have been done where actual farm equipment works better, you get more hours out of it if there's a day where it's not in use. I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Except for the biblical principle, you know? Is somebody filling me in? Bro, I'm sorry I can't hear you. Catch me right after the service and fill me in. I'll use it in the next one, yeah. So, it's a, it's, a, it's a principle, you know, you need a day of rest. Okay, so, I can't tell you how many years I've had to snatch my rest in pockets. You know, I'll take a half day off on Sunday, a half day off on Friday, or a half day off on Monday. I've done a lot of that, okay? I'm not saying it's right. Like, deadlines are coming, okay? So now, pastors are multiplying, and the work is multiplying, and the the expectation and the needs have to be met to keep up with all of the ministry activity. And so what happens is, is you find out you're just thinking about getting your feet up for a couple hours. It's not right, okay? It's not balanced. It's not in line with this biblical principle. And so here's what I'm proposing, and I need your help, okay? And this isn't gonna work across the board because we're not just ministering now all over the world. We are ministering literally all over the calendar. Half of our pastoral team are lay pastors. They're part-time pastors. You know, they're, 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 they're salaried part-time, but they're trying to work full-time while they're working a full-time job. And so, so it isn't gonna work for everyone. For example, James is teaching on Mondays. But Monday is the day that, that uh, we're gonna change the voicemail on our church. You'll call on a Monday. Sorry, our offices are closed today. That's the message that you're gonna get. You'll be welcome to leave a message, but my counsel to the staff is, unless it's an emergency, do not, do not mess with that. That's, that's a Tuesday morning job. Is that making sense? So our staff is gonna be taking Mondays off. For all full-time employees, uh, Monday is a day of rest, and I want them to be with their families. I want them to be, okay. And uh, everybody's kind of freaking out about this a little bit because how are we gonna get everything done? Here's my faith-based proposition. We're gonna get more done on the other six days than we ever could on seven. That's what faith says. Now, what that's gonna mean, though, is the staff is gonna to have to start saying no to a few things because they won't be able to do everything that they were doing. We'll get more done with less things in six days than we could just grinding seven days a week. Does that make sense? So I'm confessing to you, we have been trending out of balance on this biblical principle, and it has to stop. This two weeks of rest needs to be a continual lifestyle. So I'm not just talking about the church staff, I'm talking to all of you. You guys need a day of rest, right? Find a way to keep a day where it's just you and your family, you and your family and the Lord. Does this make sense? Trust the Lord for that. Some of you, literally, you're gonna be, you're gonna be in seasons where you have commitments that you have to keep every day. And I get that. Find, those, find a way to find those times, those seasons, those day or days of rest. 
because you have to have it. Uh, don't, don't think you can just keep grinding through. It's going to affect your health. <laughs> uh, it's going to affect your relationship with the Lord. Man, you, you need times where you can just be still and know he's God. Um, so, for example, James will be teaching at the college on Mondays. He will have to find another day to take off. And what that's going to mean is, is he's going to be saying no to some of the stuff that we're doing together. And that's good. He needs to do that. Uh, we'll ultimately, long term, faith says we're actually going to get more done. Because at the end of the day, is it our, the hours of our labor that's going to produce fruit at the judgment seat of Christ? Or God taking the hours that we have and just working in and through them? Um, man, I want to trust the Lord for that. Is everybody with me? Leave your pastors alone on Mondays. Okay? Don't call them. Don't text them. Leave them alone on Mondays. If it's an emergency, you, if you have an emergency on Monday and you don't call us, if you don't get a hold of us, uh, we won't be mad at you, but secretly we will be. Okay? On our face, we'll be like, yeah, bro, I'm sorry. S- Pastor Sam came across a little strong. You should have called. Um, we'll be all gracious and everything, but inside we'll be like, you're being dumb, okay? If, if it's an emergency, you have to get a hold of us even if it's Monday, okay? That's life. Everybody has to respond to issues when they come up. Outside of an emergency, and I mean like you're bleeding out. Something's really wrong, okay? Like, like it's life or death. Uh, leave the staff alone on Mondays, okay? Save it for Tuesday. Send the email then. Send the message then, okay? So can we agree? Uh, that's, that's, that's what we need. So it's, a, it's kind of a, a scorched earth approach, but uh, I feel like it's a call that I have peace before the Lord to make, and, and so we're gonna make it, and if we realize Mondays don't work, we'll figure out something else, but literally, that's the only day I can see that it, that, that it can work, uh, given the way that we're doing ministry. And, uh, and then really support our lay pastors, okay? Um, make sure you're checking in with the guys that are lay pastors. They're, they're working two jobs. And find out how you can support them. What can you take off their plate? We want to free them up for maximum time with their family and with the Lord. Amen? Okay, grab your Bibles. Turn to Psalms 138. Psalms 138. That took all my time. Okay, you're, you guys ready? We covered our memory verse, so let's, you know, verses one and two, we talked about, I've been talking about this for two weeks, the, the actions in Psalms 138 versus the results. So in verses one and two, you've got true worshipers all in on worshiping. What's the result? Man, boldness and spiritual battle. I think that's another take that you can take from verse one. Before the gods, and we talked about what that could be. Um, you can get that from, I think, our first Tuesday night. Uh, service in the series. And then I want to give you some homework for verse 1. Read 1 Chronicles chapter 20. Praise and worship is critical. It's key in spiritual battle. Uh, They won the fight in praise and worship. I mean, a literal physical battle, they got victory through praise and worship. So 1 Chronicles chapter 20 is your homework uh, for this week. In verse 3, we saw answered prayer that's what God did. The results were praising him. And the day when I cried, thou answerest me. So the action is a cry out to God. The result is God answering through strengthening, right? 
He answers me with strength in my soul. Luke chapter 11 verse nine says, I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. In verses four and five, we see opening doors as a result of praise. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of, of thy mouth. When they, how are they gonna hear the words of God's mouth? Well, that's God's people. I mean, if you're praising God before, if you're praising the Lord before the little g gods, you're gonna praise him before kings, aren't you? When they hear the words of thy mouth, yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. So the action here in verses four and five is how God uses you as his people, even before authority. Now there's boldness before kings. You know, Jesus talked about it this way in, in, in Mark 13, verses nine through 11. Don't worry about what you're gonna say when you stand before kings. They're gonna deliver you up. Preach, okay? When they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what you shall speak, neither do you premeditate. But whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye. For it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and then you see that in the Acts account. I think the most amazing one, well, they're all amazing, how the authorities take note of these people that have been with Jesus. But, but I think about King Agrippa before Paul, how he was affected. It's almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian because of Paul's powerful witness. What's happening? He's hearing God's words. Almost thou persuadest me to be a, a Christian. I mean, this is Philippians 2.10. It's through the living word that every knee bows, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. And then on verse six, though the Lord be high, yet he hath respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth far off. So the action here is humility, and the result is God drawing near, right? God's respect, he hath respect to the, unto the lowly. I mean, that's an amazing thing to me, and we talked about this um, I think last time, you know, the idea that, that we can draw an eye to God and he'll draw an eye to us, the idea that, that you can draw God's respect, his attention, man, praise to God. And then here it is, verse seven. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me, right? What's the action? I'm willing to face anything. And God keeps his promises. Thou wilt revive me, thou shalt stretch forth thine hand, against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. So here's the action, I'm willing to engage. I'm willing to face spiritual warfare. I'm willing to engage in it. I'm willing to go through trial, difficulty, and tribulation because God is enough. And then what's the result? God goes through those things with you. Why, because he has to be enough. Proverbs 18.10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up wings with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Psalms 23 4 says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, God, you're gonna keep me alive, (laughs) right? You will revive me. You're gonna stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies. The the enemy can do nothing to me but what you allow it anyway. Uh, They'll get what's coming to them. I don't have to worry about, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. My Jesus, he is enough. His right hand saves me. 
Man, praise the Lord to be able to know that God is with you in any trial, in any, okay, so this is why the Bible talks about a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes it really, it really is work. Sometimes it really is a sacrifice to praise him because you're hurting, you're going through it. You're on your fourth miscarriage. <laughs> you think you're never gonna hear mommy, daddy, I love you, you know? And you're dying to that and, and it hurts. Can you praise him? even in the midst of ultimate loss? Can you praise him even in the midst of severe pain? Can you praise him even in the place where you're under attack? You're, the spiritual battle is engaged. He's worth it. I mean, he absolutely, he's worth it. No kid that ever got a polio shot thought that was a good thing. But on the hindsight, you know, if you had that perspective of not having polio for the rest of your life, you'd be like, worth it. Okay, small, silly example. This life, this is just prep for eternity. That's all this is. And to go through how beautiful it is to see the people in eternity that whenever it hit the fan and it was rough and you were going through it, you never lost faith, you never lost praise, you offered up that sacrifice. One way or another, the Lord revives. One way or another, the Lord protects. One way or another, the Lord strengthens. One way or another, right, the Lord will save you. He saved my soul when I was 12 years old. He saved me from a life wasted to this day. And you know what? He'll save me from the corruption of my flesh at his return. Uh, This corruptible will put on incorruption. This mortal body will put on immortality. This is what Romans chapter eight is talking about with the glorification of the saints, of the sons of God. I mean, God saved me, he's saving me, he will save me, one way or another, right? And so to get, you know, 20,000 years from now, we're worshiping and be able to tell those stories where it was hitting the fan and you're just like an idiot, man, just full of faith, praising the Lord, man. It's very wise. Father, I pray for your blessing on my brothers and sisters and Lord, I pray that we would continue to be a people who take time just to rest to be still and know that you are, that you are God, to take time to give you the glory and praise that's due your name. Help us to be a devotional people, a worshiping people, a people who run to you, who trust you. God, that it's not by our ability or our might or our power that anything gets done. God, you're in the business of using the weak and foolish to bring great glory to your name. And, and Lord, again, we wanna present ourselves as qualified, and so God, forgive us for acting like we're something or somebody. Like we're the solution to every need in ministry. God, for our pastors, I pray that we'd not be guilty of over-pastoring, uh, be guilty of, of, of trying to overproduce. God, help us to get out of your way, and we need wisdom for that. Uh, We still need to do the things that we need to do and then we need to stop doing the things that aren't necessary. Lord, help us to keep an Acts chapter two mindset uh, just to do the things that the church needs to do so that you're adding to the church daily such as should be saved. Lord, in all of this, Lord, we declare that we trust you. Lord, if there's anyone here today that's not trusting you, they're, they're not able to offer praise Uh, They're going through trial and that brings confusion for them. Or they're going through a hardship and that's bringing hurt and pain. Or maybe they don't know you as Lord and Savior. God, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. And so God, please, 
Uh, I'm asking, would you have your way with every heart? We're trusting you for that. And then, Lord, pour out your spirit and conviction on them. That, Lord, that they'd see clearly your worth being right with. God, you love them. And you want a right relationship with them through Christ and through the word of Christ. And so, God, we lift this up to you in Christ's name. and, and, And we trust you with all of it. And we give you praise. Amen.